Hello everyone, my name is Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. And we have decided to switch up the type of show and podcast we're going to do, but I'm going to let Mr. Warner explain that. It was his brilliant idea. I really like it, and we're going to do the show like this from now on. Ryan, please explain how the show's going to work. Yeah, so kind of similar to how we originally started, just kind of shooting the shit about movies, because you're a movie fan, I'm a movie fan, so naturally we talk about movies. Yeah. Uh, So I kind of wanted to take a little bit of a break from just doing the regular like movie news and stuff like that and just kind of wanted to like pick your brain about movies uh so last week i actually brought up the idea and what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick three movies each we're gonna do like a pre-1990 movie that we really like something that really stuck with us uh can be more of an underground film or a popular movie just something that really stuck with you uh, then we're going to do a movie from the last 15 years which is uh 2004 was 15 years ago uh, so that kind of gives you a range on that. And then uh, five in the past five years, a movie came out. So again, one movie pre-90, one movie in the last 15 years, and then one one movie in the last five years. Um, so yeah, um, I'll go ahead and just get started. And also, really quick before yeah. we start, another thing we wanted to do is we want you to have the same vibe that we have when we do this show. So nothing better than talking about movies than with some movie snacks. I got me some Sour Patch Kids. Swedish fish, because that's the only fucking way well. to go. Let's talk about movies the way we'd watch them with these yeah. delicious beverages and snacks, homie. Oh, shit. Oh, we're, oh, we're, we're oh, popping we're this popping, shit right let's now. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, also, real quick, because um, I'm going to call your ass out on this to see if it happens or not. I don't blame you if it doesn't. Uh, but if you just fucking zoom in on that pen right there, bam. It probably won't. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it says movie nights. So uh, this is for us. So I have They a are not for pen. sale. Please don't ask for one. Absolutely not. Uh, all six of you. Yeah, yeah, don't. Please right? don't. I have one, just know that. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, my first movie. And we're, we're starting with pre-90, right? Yeah, pre-90 yeah, yeah, 90? pre-90. Actually, let me get the year, because I don't want to fuck up the year. <laughs> uh, but it's a very pop... If you haven't seen this movie, I will genuinely be surprised. Uh, okay, 1976. The first Rocky movie. <laughs> a movie that is very near and dear to my heart. No, the oh, it's not up. up. Oh, no. no. Yeah. It's uh, a little different from the last time they've seen it. Yeah, shit. Well, uh, yeah, so 1976, the original Rocky movie, before they fucking got goofy and campy. Um, hey, Rocky IV is the greatest movie of all time. Do not talk <laughs> shit about yeah, Rocky IV. Rocky ended the Cold War, I'll say it. Um, but I, I genuinely love this movie. Oh, um, you'll see the movies as I like tell you which ones they are. Um, all have a common theme. So you'll see it, and I'll kind of explain it a little bit later. Because um, I don't want to give it away just now. Please tell me your next movie's Rambo. <laughs> the <current laughs> right, Sylvester so Stallone. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the, the last five years is uh, Rambo fucking Last Blood. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, so Rocky. It is more than just a boxing movie. That's just at the surface level. So if like if you just want to turn on a movie, turn off your brain, Rocky is really good because it's just a boxing movie. But like. More it's to not, it. though. No, it's it's, it's way more than that. Yeah, it is a love story. Thank God. Probably, I've been saying this for years. Thank you, sir. Rocky is a oh, love yeah. story, and it's one of the best love stories ever made. Absolutely. Um, th- he doesn't win the fight, does he? He just like no. outlasts him. Spoilers. By the way, we're gonna spoil the shit out of everything. Oh yeah, so about. fucking. Hopefully, you guys have seen this, mm-hmm. seen, seen these movies. Um, but yeah, so like, and, and even when they announce the winner of the fight, like it's like really quick, like yeah. it's no big deal because the big deal at the end is he wants to get. 
with Adrian, yeah. with Adrian. Yeah. That's the whole point is he's just looking in the crowd, you know, the famous Adrian. Adrian. And like, he's like all beaten to shit. Like I'm looking yeah. at the picture now. His and he's eyes just like, are closed. Like, yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. And like people are like kind of Because so like the story of Rocky right. is that he trains to. I'm really sorry. It's fucking hot. I'm turning on the fan. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just going to keep talking. Yeah. Um, so like the story of Rocky, in case you haven't seen it or it's been a while since you've seen it. Uh, basically, um, Rocky, he just goes through training and he is selected to fight Apollo Creed. I can't remember if it's kind of like it's just like a like a beat up match, basically. Like no, 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 like yeah, Rocky's no, to ba- be the dummy. Ba- basically, and... um, he's a nothing fighter. Yeah, and Apollo Creed wants to fight somebody, but he wants to put on a show because he like his image, his persona is all about like the American man. Yeah. So he goes. He wants to go to Philadelphia, which is the heart of America, where the Declaration was signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sees in the paper that Rocky's nickname is the Italian Stallion. Stallion. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Holy shit! Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion! You know mm-hmm. how, what the good press is going to be giving some no-name bum a shot at the belt? That's good press for everyone. Set this match up. Yeah. And so that's how the whole thing. So yeah. Rocky's a no one. So like, naturally, whenever this fight gets announced. Everyone's like, oh, Apollo's going to whoop him in, like, the first few rounds. Like, he's not going to stand a chance. And you find out, like, Rocky has his whole, like, famous montage and... Yeah. Climbs the steps. Like, he does all this training. You ever ever jog to that? Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Or or, or even, like, the new Creed soundtrack. Like, running. Oh, fucking great. So good. Um, But, yeah, like, Rocky just outlasts all the rounds. I mean, Apollo Creed ends up winning, but, like... He lasts way longer than anyone thought, and then that's when you said like they announced Apollo Creed's the winner. He keeps the belt. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But but, but he, he goes the distance. He goes every round. Yeah, exactly. Like he doesn't win by knockout or anything like that. He just I think he wins. I don't know how boxing works, but like he lands more punches decision. or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like however the judging goes. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, and back then it was fifteen rounds. Like it was yeah. like a long ass fight. Absolutely, and like fuck you, dude. Fucking asshole. Yeah, Sorry, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. It's just so fascinating that at the end, like, this boxing movie, it's like, oh, the winner's Apollo Creed. But over here, it's like, Adrian, like, I need to find her because everyone's, like, cheering on Rocky. Like, wow, like, you actually fucking did it. And he doesn't care about all that. He wants to be reunited with Adrian. And I absolutely love that. And the thing is, throughout the whole course of the movie, he is a very simple-minded person. And the movie does a great job of just showing it. Like, he's not, he's kind of not all there. Mm -hmm. Like, he's very dumb. Like, he, he is a... He collects money for loan sharks. Like, he goes and collects the money. Like, he's, like, the beef guy. Yeah. Or whatever. Muscle. The muscle. And the reason he loves Adrian. And now, the actress, Tylee Share, Tylee Share, however you pronounce her name, she's a beautiful person in real life, but they kind of, they ugly her up for the movie. But the reason he's so attracted to her is because she's so smart. Mm -hmm. And he's just fascinated by that. And um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is they go ice skating together. And they're talking, and Rocky says to her, you know, the reason I fight is because my dad told me that I don't have much of a brain, so I better start using my body. And then Adrian says, funny enough, my father told me I don't have much of a body, so I better start using my brain. And it's just them, like, then that's how they connect. And, like, the whole movie, like, they're so in love. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about my favorite part of the movie in just a minute. Okay. But um, go ahead and just talk more about their dynamic, their relationship, and just how... Oh, also, another thing, mm-hmm. Rocky has pets throughout his entire apartment. Mm-hmm. And early in the movie, you see like he has these turtles. He gets this dog, and you're like, "Why does he have all these pets?" Adrian works at a pet store, so he just and he's nervous to talk to her, so he just goes in and buys a bunch of fucking animals. Yeah. And when you realize that, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like this it's movie so is so much huh. deeper than yeah. what you'd think. Yeah, it's and really not about boxing at all. No, it's just 
a guy who's nervous to talk to this girl. Like mm-hmm. you said, he goes to where she works and buys all these pets. And that's how he talks to her. And then eventually, like, he asks her out. And, like... Mm-hmm. And it's funny, too, because, like you said, that uh, Rocky said that his dad told him he doesn't have much of a brain. So, like, he has to use his body. And, like, while well, Adrian doesn't like watching him get beat up, like, she supports him. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's what he likes doing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, something that he's good at. And, I mean, it kind of plays further and further, like, as the movies go on. Which movie did she die in? Was it three? She died off-screen between five and six. Five and six, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. But, yeah, no, I just... I, I, I love that, that he's, like, or just a regular regular guy who's just nervous to talk to mm-hmm. a girl. And my favorite scene in the entire movie... Okay, like, other than the Adrian, or, like, like, above that? Like, above that, like, my favorite scene in okay. the entire movie. I have two, but I might not do the other one, but I'll do one for sure. Okay. I love this movie. I'm sorry. You're good. Rocky goes to the arena the night before the fight. And he stands in the empty ring. He's looking around. And only the promoter's in there. I forget why the promoter's in there. The guy who set up the whole fight put it all together. Yeah. And Rocky is looking up at the banners. There's one of Apollo, one of him. They're painted banners. They're huge. And Rocky's shorts, I forget which one it is, if it's red with a white stripe or white with a red stripe, but they flipped it in the poster. I think in the poster, he's white with a red stripe. And he goes, hey, to the promoter, he goes, that's not the color of my trunks. My trunks are, you know, the other way around. You, you guys got that wrong. And the promoter goes, don't worry about it, Rock. It's okay. You're going to put on a great show tomorrow. And the whole movie, it's established that Rocky's not a smart person. That he's very simple-minded and that he really, really wishes he was a smarter guy. Well, he goes home to Adrian and he realizes, without any help, he sits down and he just says... I'm not going to win this fight tomorrow. And she's like, well, no, no, what do you mean? He goes, no, no. I I just realized that I was not booked to win this fight. I was booked to put on a show. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm not going to win this fight tomorrow. And then he goes, but you know what? I have to go all 15 rounds. He's like, I have to go the distance. He goes, if I do that, then people will know that I'm for real. And mm-hmm. they'll know that I'm a boxer. But if I don't do that, it's not worth it. So that's my only goal tomorrow is to go all 15 rounds. Mm-hmm. I have to go the distance. Yeah. And that's my favorite part of the movie because that's his only focus the whole time because he keeps telling Mickey, he's like, if you stop this fight, I'll kill you. He's like, I have to go the whole time. And I love that dynamic too with like him mm-hmm. and Mick. Yeah. Such a good, like, like a father-son. That's like the closest thing to a father-son in that movie that you'll get. And also, Rocky has such a pure heart in mm-hmm. that movie. Like you see throughout, like he, he sings with homeless people. He does all this because his yeah. brain is so simple that he just this nice man. And there's a scene where he keeps trying to train with Mickey. Mickey doesn't want anything to do with them. But then suddenly he gets this title shot. So Mickey then goes up and is like, "Hey, let me train you." And yeah. Rocky loses his shit on him. Yells at him like, "Where were you when I had when I didn't have anything? Yeah. You didn't want anything to do with me." Yells at Mickey like terrifies this old man, mm-hmm. and he leaves. And it's this beautiful shot of a wide of Mickey going down Rocky's steps and walking down the street. And then Rocky quickly sprints out and goes and gives him a hug and mm-hmm. apologizes and says, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. you can train me. And it's just like, God, Rocky, your, your heart. But just like, it's such a good character piece. It's such a great love story. Yeah. And thank you for bringing it up because it's yeah. one of my favorite movies ever. It's one, yeah. of the, one of the movies that made me want to make movies. So, mm. yeah. It's I, a great movie. I, it's, I adore, it's probably one of the best love stories of all time. I agree. Like, I, I adore this it's, it's one of the best... Love stories without being a full romantic movie. Yeah, without being like an on-the-page love story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what about you? Like, what's your pre-90 movie? My pre-1990 movie? I'm going to go with Psycho. Okay. Interesting choice. 
came out in 1960. Alfred Hitchcock famously directed it, starring Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates, one of my favorite performances of all time. Janet Lee, who famously dies like 15 minutes into the movie, even though she was one of the biggest stars on the planet. Jamie Lee Curtis's mother in real life. Um, I love this movie for a plethora of reasons. One of the reasons I love it is because, yes, it's one of the most iconic films of all time, and it's shot and directed very well. The dialogue still holds up. And that's what makes it scary. Like, there's a scene where, before you know anything about, you know, Norman, before you know anything about the situation, they're just eating dinner together, and it is so awkward just how they're speaking to each other. The scene where Norman is talking to um, Janet Lee's character, Marion Crane. They're, yeah. they're, they're talking to each other, and Norman Bates is just, like, saying all these weird, strange things. And, like, normally from a movie like that, the dialogue is what will usually not age well. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be like, ah, Skippy, how's it going? You know, it's nothing like that. It's, it's just very him. modern. Yeah, and it's him, like, his his hobby's taxidermy. And he's sitting there talking about how he's like, yeah, actually, it's really fun to stuff things. You know, the only thing it costs is for the, the formaldehyde and the acid. But other than that, it's really fun. It's a really good time. And she's just kind of, like, so uneasy. Like, just like, what, what's this guy's deal? And it's such a deal? strange, like career field that Mm -hmm. it's strange enough to be like okay something's strange about this guy but he could also be like completely normal yeah but or not it's not a career field it's more of a hobby yeah um but like that just adds to the uneasy awkward feeling because like obviously it seems like he doesn't have any friends he Mm -hmm. just doesn't get along well so like he just does taxidermy as a hobby and like Mm -hmm. kills or not not necessarily he kills these things but like he just stuffs them Mm mm-hmm and like it, it, it's it adds another creepiness factor to it, which is really well done. Oh, the the, the conversation starts because he makes lunch for her, mm-hmm. and he's watching her eat, and he goes, "You eat like a bird," and she's like, "What? I'm sorry." And he goes, "Sorry, they say that birds don't eat much, and you just you know you eat like like a bird, like one of those stuffed birds." And mm-hmm. it's just like, "What the fuck's going on with this guy, man?" And yeah. like like that's still creepy, and like you know the infamous shower scene and how. You know, the censorship at the time. Like, you can't show knife going into flesh. You can't do this, can't do that. So he did the multiple edit, like... And it's still pretty, like, in your face, like... Edit, 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 edit. But, like, not... Each cut is like a knife. Yeah, and and it's not hidden in a way to hide bad choreography. It's just designed in a way to really mess you up psychologically. Absolutely. Especially with that that horrifying score. Like, it's terrifying. I love the opening score and, like, the opening credits. It's, like, the dun, 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 dun. Like, it's Mm -hmm. such a good score. And... Not just that, but the fact that it sits... And this is now like almost a horror trope. It's the horror trope I love. It's setting up a main character just to kill them. And then you suddenly have to search through the movie of like, who, who am I supposed to be... Like, who am I supposed to attach myself to now? Mm-hmm. And it does a great job of transitioning it from Marion Crane to Marion Crane's sister. And Marion Crane's lover. Like, just yeah. very naturally does that. And, you know, not only that, but Anthony Perkins, I'll say it again, one of my favorite performances of all time mm-hmm. he is so goddamn good in this movie mm-hmm. especially when you don't know the ending to the film and you almost feel bad for him that he's yeah. like that he's being bullied and beaten and like has to cover up murders for his mother and you're like god like, and he's like mother's controlling of him yeah and yeah like all this shit yeah and what's really funny too is like i can't remember which documentary i was watching it might have been the one like about the shower scene mm-hmm. i think it's called like 7862 or something like that it's like yeah. a number of cuts or whatever mm-hmm. um but What's really fascinating is the reason why, or like one, I guess one of the reasons why he casted Nor- uh, fucking Anthony Perkins mm-hmm. in this role is because he was seen as like kind of like a clean, like mm-hmm. clean cut guy in like all his roles. Mm-hmm. So Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock wanted to cast him in this as like a more fucked up role because mm-hmm. it like completely changed yeah. audiences' perspective on him mm-hmm. uh, because 
throughout the whole movie if you don't know the twist like obviously at the time no one knew the twist so you're watching and you're like really connecting with him like you said like wow his mother really abuses him controls Mm -hmm. him like forces him to like cover up the murders Mm -hmm. and like all this shit and you're just really feeling for him and then you find out later like no he's just he's fucked up yeah and I love... It has one of my favorite movie endings of all time. Absolutely. It's perfect. When he's just sitting there in the inner monologue, he's like, I'm not even going to swat that fly. Because they'll look in here and be like, oh, Norma, she can't even harm a fly. But it's not even him talking. It's his mother. Yeah. Which makes it even more creepy. Yeah. And it's phenomenal the way they do Mm -hmm. it. Because it it would be completely different if it was Anthony Perkins' voice. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're able to do the mother for the inner monologue, because it really, like, drives home that... He does have this double identity, personality. Yeah. And that he truly does believe that, like, he's his mother or, like, whatever it is that yeah. he, like, uh, that he encompasses. And it's, it's fucking creepy. Yeah, not only that, but, like, it's one of those things where it, this movie was also one of the first... Because, like, Alfred Hitchcock was always pushing the boundaries of censorship. Mm-hmm. And they always got on his ass throughout his era of filmmaking. And this was one of the first movies to put humor in horrific scenarios like a really funny bit in the movie that works like i've watched this movie with a couple audiences before and this humor bit like people laugh when he kills marion crane and he takes her car and puts it into the lake and he pushes it in and it starts sinking and then it stops halfway through and he goes like oh shit and and then it starts to sink again but like for that moment like people like that's really funny Mm -hmm. and it was like one of like it's an early movie of like having like from the perspective of the antagonist, like, making a joke like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't know if you know this. Also, the first movie to show a toilet flushing. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> the the edit with that, though, because it's... Is it the shower drain that cuts into her eye? Or, like, that, that transitions into <laughs> her eye? Drain, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it's... Everything about that movie is fascinating. The way he used transitions and, like, and cuts. Hershey's and... syrup is, is the blood. Yeah. Because it's black like, and white. Yeah, it's fascinating. And the fact that this movie came out, like, a lot of people associate this movie like, oh, it came out, like, during the black and white phase. No, like, colored no, movies color were a huge for, yeah, thing yeah, yeah. for, like, 10, 15 years now at this point, 1960. So, Alfred Hitchcock noticed a trend of people getting together and going to watch B-movies. And a lot of the B-movies were black and white. Yeah. And so, he really wanted to just be like, I want to make a movie that, I, like, all the audience wants to go see. And he, he had to fight through a lot. He had to, like, mortgage his house. He had to do a lot of shit to get this movie made and... One of the best movies ever made, in my yeah. opinion. And we are not even talking about the influence that this would have on slashers later. Absolutely. This like, this spawned slasher cinema. Yeah, like Halloween is considered like the first slasher because slashers happened in that era of Halloween. Yeah. But John Carpenter and many reviewers of Halloween pointed out like this is like a direct like inspiration from Psycho, which yeah. was 18 years before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So this movie, and there are some movies before that one day we'll talk about that yeah. inspired like slasher movies, but this movie's hugely credited with the American slasher being po- as popular as it was because it established like the early roots. This is like the roots of yeah. slasher beginning. And uh, I think that the reason for this is just because of how, you, you know, you're in the killer's POV, which happened in Peeping Tom earlier, a British movie that's actually pretty good. Yeah. But um, you see the killer's POV, you know, you go through this great story with Alfred Hitchcock, there's a twist at the end, and the fact that it could lay those roots for a whole entire dominant genre later down the road is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And this came out, like, later in his repertoire. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, this, made, this like, one of his masterpieces. Later, he was an established filmmaker when he made this movie. Yeah, which makes it even more fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, phenomenal movie. Yeah. So what is your 15 years ago movie? 
we talked about this maybe twice, definitely once. So I'm really. I, I genuinely don't know what he's about to say. By the yeah. way. Yeah. So like before we recorded this, I told him uh, Rocky, and then I told him my five year movie, which I'll tell you guys whenever it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie, I had not talked to him about it at all. Uh, so these are going to be his like raw thoughts on this movie. Actually, let me just make sure you've seen this. I'm very curious. It's not on Letterboxd. You haven't seen it, apparently, according to Letterboxd. I might have seen it. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Came out in 2004, Mm -hmm. directed by Michael Gondry. Uh, Fucking, he's directed, like, nothing. (laughs) But, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I haven't seen this movie. And I've heard that it's fantastic. I've never seen this movie. You haven't seen it? I'm on trial. I'm on filmmaking trial right now. I've never seen this movie. Okay. So I've seen this movie a few times. This is the Jim Carrey one, right? Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big cast for like no reason, but it's probably Jim Carrey's best performance mm-hmm. that I have ever seen. Like even in his comedy roles, like he's good in those. This movie okay. trumps all of that. Like this movie is phenomenal. Really quick, have you seen the Truman Show? I have not. Okay. Cause okay. Because like, I've never seen. We need to, you need to watch Truman Show. I need to watch Eternal, mm-hmm. so that way we can be like, all right, what is Jim Carrey's best? Because I okay. think his best is in the Truman Show. But was he nominated for anything for that movie? I don't know. I don't okay. know for sure. But he's he. But, I love him in Truman yeah. Show. Yeah. So, Eternal. Do you know like the story of it? Something about he was in a relationship and he's deciding if he if he should get her erased from his mind. Something like that. Okay. Like it's about I, from what I understand, it's about him making that choice. Is he going to make that choice? Okay. Or is she going to make that choice? It's one of those. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, like an overview of the movie, like I did for uh, Rocky, because I know we're like, spoiling the other movies. Don't spoil this movie. Don't spoil it. No. Okay. Okay. Because I fuck them if they've never seen it. I'm <laughs> sitting right here. Don't tell me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So, like I said, I I don't really I don't really remember a lot from this movie, but enough that it really stuck with me, mm-hmm. and the fact that I wanted to pick this to talk about it. Uh. So, like you, I've talked about this movie. With a lot of other people who haven't seen it, it's a movie that I feel deserves more love because it is such a smart movie in the way that it's crafted, the way that it, the story is told, and just everything about it on a technical level is brilliant. Um, so basically, the story of this movie, or the plot of this movie, or fucking what am I saying? Yeah, the main story of this the main story of the movie. God. I'm just excited to talk about this movie. Um, basically, Kate Winslet, mm-hmm. Clementine, and Jim Carrey are in a relationship. Okay. Something bad happens in their relationship. Uh, I can't remember if they tell it or show it or whatever, mm-hmm. but something bad happens in their relationship. And it's kind of a sci-fi, like, um, like alternate reality. Like, they have futuristic oh. stuff in the real world. Okay. So, like you said, people are able to get others mm-hmm. erased from their memory, whether it's a family member... Uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, like you're, you're, you pay money mm-hmm. to go to see a special doctor and you go in this contraption and just erases memories of people. And I won't spoil it, but something happens to the girlfriend mm-hmm. and Jim Carrey, like you're following Jim Carrey. It's really, the story's told from his perspective. So you're following him and the whole time because he he does get his memory erased from her. Mm-hmm. But like halfway through the movie, he realizes that he doesn't want to go through it anymore. But he is just deep in this procedure and it's just like him wanting to get her to get her erased and then he's like, "You know what? 
I had genuinely happy moments with her. I don't want to erase her mm-hmm. from my memory. And it is so... Like, I'm getting chills talking about it. Like, I love this movie. Because it's so relatable. Because you're like... I've anyone, had shit relationships. Yeah, like, everyone <laughs> has had shit relationships. But if you think back on those shit relationships, like, everyone has had genuinely happy... Mo- or not... Yeah. I shouldn't say everyone, but at least, like, the people I've talked to. Yeah. They've had, like, genuine happy moments in their bad relationships. And the fact that you're able to relate to it on that level is astounding. Mm-hmm. And it's so... It's so it, it, it sounds like it sounds like because this is a very relatable thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it sounds like it's kind of again I haven't seen it so I'm just asking. Yeah, it basically you're deciding you had so many years of nothing but happiness, but then one bad thing happened, and you're deciding was that thing bad enough mm-hmm. that none of the good stuff mattered? That's basically how it goes. Oh, man, that's fucking deep. <laughs> it, it is it is so deep, and it's so good. And I was actually looking at it, and it won best screenplay. Oh, nice! Like it it's. It's a smart, well-crafted movie, and it is so ridiculously good. And like you said, like the whole relationship, they have fun, they, they're goofy together, and what's really, really... Because it shows you how she's being erased. So like the whole movie, like it starts off with him contemplating if he wants to do this. He decides to do it for a specific reason that you'll have to find out by watching the movie. And then it's all like flashbacks of them being happy. And then she just disappears. And then he ends up being happy, but he can't remember why he's happy because she's not there. And it is so, it's so, so sad. But um, I can't remember too much about the ending, but I highly recommend this movie. Because you also can't tell what's reality and what's not. Yeah, it sounds like someone went into your memories and erased the part when I asked you not to spoil the movie. (laughs) It's in the fucking summary. I know, I know. But I'm enjoying the conversation, yes. and I will still watch it. Don't worry. And I'm leaving out a big, okay, big point of the movie okay. that like I haven't spoiled. So Aliens? like, <laughs> but no, like this movie is phenomenal. And like I said, I kind of spoiled a little bit, but like mm-hmm. that's okay. It's the point of the movie. It like, came out 2004. It's fucking my fault. I yeah, watched it. But like I said, like there's a major, major part of it that I left out that you'll have to watch for yourself to see like okay. why he wants to do this. Mm-hmm. But what about you? What's a... I'm on my last two Star Patch Kids and now I'm pissed off at myself. Oh, shit. You want some fucking Swedish fish? No, it's okay. It's all you, homie. All right. So, uh, last 15 years. What's what's your pick? So, 2004, like, only? Or, like, 2004 to a certain year? 2004 to present. Like, in the last 15 years. I mean, try to stick away from, like, past five years because we have its own category for okay. that. But, so if, but if a movie... to five. Sure. Okay. No, no, I have a 2004 movie. Okay. Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I fucking love Spider-Man 2. Right. And that came out in 2004. All right. Let's Interesting. fucking talk about yeah, Spider-Man let's do 2. It. First of all, it's directed by our lord and savior, Sam Raimi. God damn right it is. <laughs> and uh, this, you know, and this came really, the comic book movie genre just had its boom with X-Men and Spider-Man. And the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie came out, wasn't so good, uh... X2 had come out, which was considered at that point, like, oh my god, this might be the best comic book movie ever made. Excuse me. And I personally think that Spider-Man 2 is even better than X2. And I love, you know how much I love X2. Oh, yeah. And Spider-Man 2, it improves upon the first movie in that, you know, the origin's out of the way. You've already had a movie with this character, and it's just about just living and what's the natural next step 
for Spider-Man, played by Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. Played brilliantly by Tobey Maguire, I will add. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> fuck you. But anyway, um, I think uh, what I really liked about this film is not only you know the creation of Dr. Octopus as the villain in terms of just how... Because I love when you get to see the villain's origin in a movie. Oh, yeah. And just how they become who they are and their motivations, their desires, which they do a wonderful job with, but also continuing plots from the first movie of, like, Harry Osborn's hatred towards Spider-Man but doesn't know that it's his best friend. And, you know, the fact that Spider-Man is losing his powers. And, and he's just like, I can't do this anymore. And it's very metaphorical in a lot of ways to just people moving on to their lives and can I still do the thing I wanted to do. It's like, yeah. it's, it's very, it's a deep movie. And it also has Sam Raimi-isms. Like, that whole montage of raindrops keep falling on my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. All the goofy parts of that about the movie that you don't yeah. like is Sam Raimi. Oh, you mean the goofy parts that you like? Because I love... Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, listen, not a very good film. Peter Parker dancing is the best fucking part of that movie. I don't give a shit. If you know anything about Sam Raimi, that is the only that scene the he had influence on. That is the most Sam Raimi ever, and mm. I loved it. There, I don't like that movie for other reasons, but not the dancing. The dancing was great. I will say, uh, quick side note about Spider-Man 3, I hated that part until me and you talked about it, and, uh, and then I realized, like, yeah, that is Sam Raimi, like... Through and through that whole scene, but mm-hmm. back to back to Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two, um, a, a, a scene that I particularly love in this film is when Doc Ock de- like for, attacks the doctors that are working on him because mm-hmm. it was basically Sam Raimi being like, "I miss Evil Dead. Let's do it with Doctor Octopus." Absolutely, the, the way that whole scene is shot and like the guy even pulls up like a mini chainsaw tries mm-hmm. to cut it off, and it's a horrifying scene. Yeah, and uh, it's so good. And something else that I really love about this film is just how well choreographed the action scenes are. Yeah. Like, because you mix CGI and practical effects. And for 2004, that was kind of like, is that even going to work? And it look, it still looks great. I have them on 4K. They're awesome. Um, but also, you know, you have the emotional beats, like the train sequence when they take Peter Parker, his mask comes off, and they lay him down, and they're like, oh my god, he's just a kid, even though we see 45-year-old Toby. Toby Maguire, yeah. But, uh, but that's just still such a powerful moment, and like, they're just like, we're not going to tell anybody, don't worry about it. And all the New Yorkers get in the way of, like, you want him, you got to get through me. And, like, it, it's cheeky, and it's nice, but it's so it's so heartwarming, and it's yeah. great. And, you know, the emotions are there. I miss when Spider-Man would, like, look, he got the shit beat out of him, and he was just still ready to go. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there's a lot to love about that movie. And it's, it's, what, what are some things that you, that you like about it? Well, real quick, because we were talking about action, mm-hmm. and you talked about the train scene. And I know we've talked about it, but what's your favorite action scene from that movie? Because no one talks about it. Oh, it's when Doc Ock and him are fighting up the clock tower. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's got Aunt May, and he's about to, like, he's got her hostage, and just that whole fight. Like and, the vertical fight. Yeah, yeah. And the fight right before the train scene when they're fighting vertically. Like, that shit was so well done. And the it's fact that it, he's, it, like, yeah. Doc Ock will, like, throw, like, take bricks yeah. off, and, like, he'll web it down back yeah. at him, and, like, falling and, like, and, and, and fighting. And there's, and there's one where they're falling and fighting, and Doc Ock grabs the wall, mm-hmm. and, like, yanks himself back up, and then Spider-Man has to fight back up, and just, like... For its time, that CG is fucking great. And it, look, it still looks good. The only thing that doesn't look good is Doc Ock's face. Yeah. That's the only thing that doesn't hold up. Everything about the CGI, though, the rest of it holds up. Yeah. And it's, it's a really well-done movie. What are particular moments and things that you liked in the film? I really, really like um, the train scene. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the fight scenes are really good. Yeah. Uh, but more so for the emotional impact at the end, whenever mm-hmm. like all the New Yorkers get together yeah. and like, oh my god, like this is a kid. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you want to get Spider Man, you have to go through us, and they all like line up mm-hmm. and love all of that. But a scene I really, really like more than that is at the end, whenever. 
the whole thing's like sinking mm-hmm. and Doc Ock just turns and he's like, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. Like I have to destroy this thing that made me a monster. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, his last words, are, I won't die a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love that. And w- w- there's something we're not talking about and that's JK Simmons. <laughs> and how who reprised his role oh god that was so awesome and far from home but uh when jk simmons says that that's where the famous meme comes from when peter parker's like can you pay me in advance and he goes <laughs> and like that famous meme of jk mm-hmm. it's such such a good is that when he tries on the spider suit that's a deleted scene oh yes fuck. Yes, okay. yes and uh they also name drop dr strange yeah. For no reason. And that just was casually. Funny. And I love all the comic book world building that Sam Raimi does. Just mm-hmm. as, a, as a comic book fan, like Dr. Kurt Connors and he's missing the arm. Mm-hmm. And just how he's in the movie. You're like, oh my God, that guy eventually becomes the lizard. And yeah. like just all that kind of... They, and like Man Wolf, like J. Jonah J- Jameson's son, the astronaut mm-hmm. is in the movie. And you're like, oh shit, that could be a thing. If only they didn't fucking cancel Spider-Man 4, which I may or may not be salty about, even though it led to some Tom Holland and great Spider-Man shit. I yeah. miss Sam Raimi. We'll never get a Spider-Man 3. Or Spider-Man 4, I mean. I know. It still it's makes very sad. sad, but the concept art's really fucking cool. But oh, basically, yeah. like, Sp- like, Spider-Man 2, though, like, probably, n- like, I hate putting comic book movies in their own genre, because, mm-hmm. like, they're more than just comic book movies. They're genuine Wait, is movies. that the ice cream truck? Hell yeah, it is. You know, we're doing after this. Fucking right. <laughs> but anyway. Um, it's just, like, a, a solid action movie. Yeah. That's very heartfelt-driven. Like, of, like you said, the metaphor of, like, him battling if he wants to be spider-man if he can't even be spider-man anymore mm-hmm. and it's just it's great mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh i also love the last shot of the film because it's actually kind of sad and dark because mary jane leaves her wedding mm-hmm. because something that was great about the first film was spider-man saying like i can't be with you because he knows if he does like she's gonna get killed yeah. and she runs away from the wedding she knows he's spider-man she goes i don't care i want to be with you and they like make out for a little bit there and i remember as a kid just being like Ugh. but like they're making out on the screen, and then she hears the si- like he hears the sirens, and she goes, "Go get him, Tiger!" And then he webs off, and the camera slowly zooms in on her face, and she just kind of, almost like I made a mistake. Yeah. And like and that's the end of the movie, and you're like, and as a kid, I didn't give a shit, but like uh, when I watched it now, like recently, and I when I rewatch it, I'm like, oh my god! And that leads like to a plot in the third one of them like not doing so well. I was like, oh my god, that. That shot was really good. I was like, I never really That's noticed great, that before. That's a great director's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. choice. Yeah, it reminds me of The Graduate a little bit. It reminds you of what? The Graduate. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Well, well, I I'm, think it's on Netflix. Next time, I'm going to bring that one up. But, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so that's my 15 years ago movie. Are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? Or, like, whatever the fuck he says. Of course you know that part. Everyone <laughs> knows that part. But, yeah, so, but, what, so what is your recent released film? We talked about this earlier. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. La La Land. Fucking, I love this movie so much, and I'm so glad we're talking about it. Uh, I haven't <laughs> seen uh, Moonlight, but... I've oh, ta- the actual Best Picture winner? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I haven't seen it either. I've heard it's amazing, and I loved If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah. That was a great film. Yeah. But yeah. But La La Land. So, like, the theme of my movies has to do with, like, love, regret, mm-hmm. kind of, like, what you could have done better. Obviously, Rocky, like, mm-hmm. is just a straight-up love story, but, like, mm-hmm. Eternal in this movie, like... Mm-hmm dabbles into like the love story regret kind of what you could yeah. have done better yeah but it's just it's a great great movie the musical mo- i don't i don't really i'm not a big person on musicals uh i give two exceptions to this la la land if you want to consider it a musical and singing in the rain those two movies i fucking what about rocket love. man 
Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. I don't like... Okay. I fucking because that, gotcha. Uh, fuck. So, Rocket Man, Bohemian Rhapsody, those are like musical movies, but they have to do with a biopic of a musical person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But like, just straight up musicals, or people are singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. fuck that. Yeah. I'm not about that. Stupid, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Um, but I just... I love this movie. And in the first five minutes, it's nothing but world building where mm-hmm. they're just stuck yeah. in traffic. Mm-hmm. The musical note happens. They all get out, dance, and then go back like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And just the color the color scheme and just oh the cinematography and how beautiful looking the film is. So, so good. And Ryan Gosling. Emma Stone. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Damien Chazelle. Oh my God, Damien Chazelle, yes. Now, I will say, I am not... Fond of jazz, which is a theme he does in his and movies. Like every single film. Yeah. He's made. But this movie turned me on to jazz. Like, I genuinely mm-hmm. enjoy jazz now because of this movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this movie sticks with me not only on a movie level, but a musical level as well. Like I said, getting me into jazz and like yeah. broadening my horizon of music is really fascinating that this movie can have so much impact on me. And the first time I watched it was with you at the apartment. And it was like, it was something stupid at like two or three in the morning is when we like started it. Yeah. So like we were up all night Mm -hmm. and I remember the second the film ended, we just flicked on the light and just had a deep conversation. (laughs) Like we just went right into like our feelings because of how this movie made us feel. And you've seen it several times before then and it still had the same impact. It still fucks me up. Still fucks me up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like my favorite part of the movie, absolute favorite part of the movie is the end. Mm-hmm. Great. It's a the great... whole, like whenever they get off the highway, mm-hmm. when Emma Stone and her husband uh, and they're cutting the it together and you're like a fucking, they're about to do this. Yep. Yeah. They're walking down, they walk mm-hmm. into Seb's, mm-hmm. which she realizes like, I designed that. It, it can't. He it cha- can't be. He changed the name. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to talk about all this in a minute, but fucking go ahead. Like, she just walks in, and you look at her face, and you're like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the, what, what are the fucking chances? Mm-hmm. Goes in. She's like, uh, okay, I kind of yeah. see, like, everything that was yeah. in his apartment, the chair, yeah, like, all this yeah. shit, and it's like, fuck. And then he comes out on stage, and he's just, like, kind of talking to the audience, and, and then they lock eyes. Oh, and it's I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And then he just sits down. And then just stares at the piano and then plays the theme. Dude, when I tell you, when I tell you tears the first time I watched that movie, oh my God. Yeah. And, and, and just, there are so many moments in that movie that make me cry. But like, and that song, cause like early on in that movie, when he first plays that song, he plays it with such a passionate thing. It's a sad moment because he plays the hell out of it. Then he stands up and no one gives a shit. Yep. And I love that scene. And he gets fired. Yeah. But Emma Stone really liked it and that's how they connected. Yeah. And he plays that song, such a good moment. Then you see the what could have been, and then it cuts right back. Dude, you cannot (laughs) make a better scene Mm -hmm. in any movie. Like, that that scene is absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. And because before I'd seen the movie, because this came out in 2016, and I just watched it for the first time in 2018. So it's been a a solid two years, and I still didn't really know much about it other than the fact that, like, I know she doesn't end up with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the twist. But, like, mm-hmm. I knew that didn't happen. Yeah. So, but I didn't know what to, to what level mm-hmm. that it was at. Yeah. And 
when I was watching it, I was like, this is phenomenal. Like, I don't know yeah. why people have problems with this movie. Yeah. Like, I get, like, yeah, their chemistry is really, really it good. Is, it, it became cool to hate, which happens to one Oscar movie every year. Yeah. It happened to that, and then it happened to A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was two years later. But, like, it, yeah. every year it happens to a movie. Mm-hmm. But, anyway, continue. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame that, like, people hated that part of the movie mm-hmm. because that is what makes the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck That yeah. is what drives that movie home mm-hmm. is the fact that she doesn't end up with him because he wanted to be in a band mm-hmm. because it's something she supported and then she realized how successful he was being and he wasn't being home and then mm-hmm. they ended up breaking up like you don't see that but like mm-hmm. they just they aren't together and then she marries someone else that whole scene of just what could have been mm-hmm. where they don't say a single word mm-hmm. it's all visual music and dancing and, and yeah oh it's so so beautiful mm-hmm. and the thing is and I'll go into like why I really love one of the thing, main thing I love about this film, but it becomes clear because I've seen, I've probably seen this movie like twenty fucking times. Like I love this movie, and it still has the same impact, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good. But but you pick up on stuff you don't notice before. I love that. And at the end, when they because they kind of like salute to each other, like you know goodbye. Oh, yes. But like you can tell, her goodbye was like, oh, nice to see you again, and his goodbye is like, I'm still not okay. Mm-hmm. And just like when you like, cause they're different goodbyes, and yeah. you can see it in their faces. And what one of my favorite aspects about this movie is the fact that okay, I think that her character, purposely by design, is a little stuck up. Mm-hmm. The reason I think so is because Ryan Gosling always wanted to own that club; it's all he ever wanted. But then he realizes as he falls in love with her that all he wants to do is be with her, mm-hmm. and he decides that. And he never says it, but he decides, you know what? If it, if it means I get to be with her, I don't have to have this club. And it's never said, but you, he decides that when she's on the phone with her parents and they ask about his job and he overhears, like, well, he's working on it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then when he gets the opportunity to play music that he sort of doesn't like at first and, you know, it seems like he was selling out, but he did it because he loved her and he wanted to be able to, like, support and be with her. Yeah. And so he, his motivation switches halfway through the movie. And not many... To me, that's how I read it. I don't know. Okay. There are some people who read it differently, and they're not wrong either. But how I read it is his motivation switches halfway through the movie. That he just wants to be with her. And her motivation never changes. She wants to be a big actress. And so she gets upset when he sells out. Because she's like, look, I, you, you wanted to make this club. Don't, don't do that. Don't quit on your dream. Don't, and he, what he's trying to tell her, he's like, I'm doing this for you. Like, I want to be with you. And she... You know, does the one person show, and he fucks up by not going. Absolutely, he really fucked up by not going, and which is what ultimately leads to their breakup. But he knows how bad she wants this, so he, he she you know, she thinks that he's selling out, but really he just wants to be with her. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole movie, his motivation changes, and not many. I, that's how I interpret it, is that he changes his motivation. Yeah, and you know, he realizes that oh, she still wants to achieve her dreams. So even after they break up, he still makes sure that she's able to get to that audition. Yeah. And he knows they're not going to be together after that, but he's like, I, I kind of took that away from you, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So he does it just to you know, make sure that she can still live her dream and be able to do that, but it's just so heartbreaking, especially when she did love him, but she didn't love him enough to stop what she was to, doing. To sacrifice. She didn't sacrifice anything for nope. him. And the thing is, you can't fault her, yeah. but you just feel bad. Cause, and that's really just a heartbreaking reality of most relationships is one person ends up sacrificing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And even then... 
he wanted to call it like chicken on a stick or he, that's what he wanted to call the club. And he did change it to what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And you almost feel like he did that so that one day she would notice it. Yeah. And it's just, it's really a, a bunch of subtle, sad shit that goes on in that film. Yeah. And kind of my last thoughts on the movie, um, their chemistry was phenomenal. Like whenever she finds him in the springtime playing, mm-hmm. Oh, the cover band mm-hmm. and she requests, uh, I think it's Iran. Yeah. By a flock of seagulls. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, really, that's what you're going to yeah. do for her. Yeah. Uh, request for I'm a professional musician and she's like oh really yeah. like I love their, their chemistry their great yeah and like you said like the last look that they give each other it's different but mm-hmm. you can tell that they just they truly love each other yeah and like that love is still there did they both say I'm never gonna stop loving you yep like ugh. oh god it's great I need to watch that movie again um, listen, you wanna watch it after this let's just let's pop it, it in dude. yeah great. let's do great. it yeah. uh, but last five years for you I'm gonna do another 2016 Ryan Gosling movie Okay. We're going to do The Nice Guys, directed by Shane Black, starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Uh-huh. Okay. What? No, no. I genuinely love this movie. So do I. It's but fucking, no one's seen it. It's fucking... Yeah, that's the problem. It's fucking phenomenal. No one's watched it. But yeah. holy shit, is this movie good. It's hilarious, first of all. It Absolutely. It is really fucking funny. It's also um, really good just screenwriting. Like, the script is very tight, very strong. And uh, even the action bits are very well choreographed, very mm-hmm. well done. Um, honestly, this might be my favorite Ryan Gosling performance. I fucking love him. In over Overdrive, over La La Land. Okay. I love him. Interesting. In The Nice Guys. He's so funny. And uh, Angry Rice, who plays his daughter, also mm-hmm. did a great job. She is so fucking funny in that movie. She is. Matt Bomer shows up towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, you forgot he was in that. Yeah. It, dude, it's such a good movie. And just like the whole like... 1970s or 60s Hollywood and just you know like with the adult film era and all that it was just it's such a well done movie some of my favorite movie jokes ever like I love when Russell Crowe's gonna break Ryan Gosling's arm and he's like no 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 (laughs) it's so funny and just uh it actually but the character bits it's really it gets really emotional and it Mm -hmm. actually like takes these characters on a journey and they take turns you don't really expect them to take yeah and i, I genuinely love this film it was really underseen and it should have gotten oscar nominations but it didn't but uh just what, what, what would you want to nominate it for just at curious. least screenplay okay at least yeah what, what's your favorite part about the movie then like if you had to pick one moment one moment because it's both a character moment and because it's a callback to a previous joke all in one scene okay the previous joke is earlier in the movie, Ryan Gosling, he's a real down-on-his-luck asshole, and he looks at something written on his hand that clearly got written there when he was drunk, and it says, you will never be happy with a smiley face. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck, when he sees it. And then later in the movie, he's fighting the bad guy, and he beats the bad guy, and then he goes to grab something, and he notices that the the never has been erased, and it just says, you will be happy, and he goes, ah! <laughs> and I fucking love that moment. And no, and I also love <laughs> just jokes. I love is when he keeps going through shit. Like he keeps falling through story buildings. And yeah. He keeps doing this, and he gets up fine. And then he falls through like a three story building onto a car. And then goes to Russell Crowe, and he goes, "Dude, I I don't think I can die. <laughs> I think I'm immortal." <laughs> Who wrote that movie? Shane Black. Okay, he wrote and directed yes. it. Okay, okay, okay. Dude, it's so good. That script is so tight. Yeah. And Russell Crowe's good. He put on a lot of weight for it, mm-hmm. and it's like I love the random cutaway. When uh, they're like, how's your relationships going? And it's just him at dinner, and the girl goes, I'm fucking your dad. And he, like, spits out his drink. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good movie. The jokes in that fucking movie are so good. When they throw the dead body over the gate and it lands on a (laughs) dude. And then they just, like, fucking run away because they realize what they did. Yeah. 
I will say my favorite part about the movie uh, is just a story element that they do mm-hmm. that, like, kind of mimics Psycho in a way. Okay. Uh, it's the only other example I could think of right now because we just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, they're looking for a girl through mm-hmm. the whole movie, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're hired to yeah. Huge for spoilers for this movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. By the way, I think, wasn't that girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I think she's one of the Manson girls. Yeah, like I the one so. that Brad Pitt keeps yeah, following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Great actress. Yeah. But the whole movie, like, they're hired to look for this girl. Or uh, Ryan Gosling is, mm-hmm. and then Russell Crowe's, like... Gets involved, yeah. Yeah. They kill the girl. Like, three quarters they, of the way through the yeah, movie. They kill her. Not Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. No, no, no. The, but the like, people looking for her, they get her. Yeah, like, they yeah. actually, like... Because she has something, or, like, a secret or something, yeah. or she mm-hmm. saw something that she wasn't supposed to. And... Like, the people looking for her kill her. And I love when movies do that. Like I said, it's similar to Psycho because they killed Janet Lee, even though she was, like, mm-hmm. the biggest yeah. actress at the time. And, like, it's just a story element that I genuinely like because mm-hmm. I like movies when villains achieve their goal. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm sorry. I'm going to talk about just some of the jokes that come back to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the very end, I even though, like, we said spoilers are fine, I'm not going to give away who the main antagonist turns out to be. But at the very end, they're sitting in the same room with the main antagonist. And the main antagonist is about to go on trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout the movie, Ryan Gosling makes references to, like, if you're mean, he just calls you Hitler. And then she's sitting there, and she gives this monologue and goes, what do you think about that? And Ryan Gosling goes, Schwarz and Fox, I'll hide the heart. And he, like, does German stuff. Yeah. She goes, what? And Russell Crowe goes, I think what he's saying is you remind him of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, okay, and I, I ripped off a joke in this movie in The Long Hard Day. I say ripped off. I paid homage. I fucking ripped it off. And it's throughout the movie, Ryan Gosling reads this newspaper. And throughout the newspaper, it just says, like, killer bees are infesting the world. Mm-hmm. And later in the movie, he's talking to someone at the bar. And the bartender's like, you, have you heard about these killer bees? Dude, it's crazy. And, like, it randomly gets brought up through the movie. That the, in the last scene, him and Russell Crowe are at a bar. And he's just sitting there. And a bee goes on the table. And he just goes, fuck! <laughs> like, just tries to kill it really quickly. I laughed so hard when I saw that in the theater with my dad. It was so funny. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. And another character bit that I really like is Russell Crowe, how he never really opens up to anyone throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And the one time he finally opens up, he opens up to Ryan Gosling about the um, diner incident. Yeah. Because they just kind of talk about it. Yeah. And he tells him the whole story. And then halfway through, the, and then when he finishes the story, he looks over and Ryan Gosling is sleeping. Mm-hmm. And he realizes, he's like, he, he wasn't even fucking listening to me. And then he kind of like nods. And he has that look in his face like, this is why I don't tell people about me. Because mm-hmm. they never listen. And it's like just a really sad moment. And, yeah. you know, and also the good guys, we already mentioned that the bad guys kind of achieved their goal. The good guys really don't win. Do you remember how it ends ends? No. They put the bad guy on trial and the person, they walk. Oh, shit. It ends with them getting drunk. Like, well, they got away, but I guess we can just keep trying this out. There was rumors that they were going to do a TV show, a sequel, but the movie didn't make enough money. Uh, do you know, I would, sucks. dude, I would kill for a nice guy's TV show yeah. with those two coming back. Oh, my God. I would pay any amount of money. And their to dynamic watch that. is fucking great. They just work so well together. Which is, you wouldn't picture, like, if you were just to tell me Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe in a movie together, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's strange. Mm-hmm. But but it works. Oh, so well. So, it's such a well-done movie. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's gory, too. It's violent. Like, it's it's everything. They don't it's, hold anything back. Yeah, it's got a bit of everything. No, I, I genuinely love that film. Not an, Watch The Nice Guys. If you have not seen The Nice Guys, please watch it. It is so good. Mm. I love that film. Phenomenal movie. It was actually... 
when 2016, because like I, I do a video of like my favorite movies of the year every year, mm-hmm. and I was gonna shoot it that night with Nice Guys as my number one movie, and then that night I also went to go see La La Land. Wow, what a fucking great do, double do feature! Do you no, but do you know how good La La Land was? Where I was like, it's number one. Mm-hmm. Like I literally took my number ten, bumped it off, and then put La La Land like number one. Because usually when I see a movie the same day, I, I take a few days. Like, did I really like it? Like La La Land, I was like, this is the best movie the year yeah. I've seen. But uh, but yeah, no, I I but I love the nice guys. Like it was gonna be my number one movie until I saw La La Land. Yeah, but I I love the nice guys so much. It's really funny, and they're like I said, their dynamic works. The mm-hmm. jokes, fu- every single fucking joke lands. Mm-hmm. It's so and, and the performances funny. are just so good. Like when they get like really dramatic and serious, it's really yeah. sad. And yeah, no. it's like a fun buddy cop movie. Yeah, and it has Keith David. We need more Keith David. We love Keith David. He's great. Oh yeah, but yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's my five or yeah, re- recent five years ago movie for you yeah so there we go so go through your three really quick just say what they were then i'll go through mine yeah so it was the original rocky uh uh no fucking sorry (laughs) rocky eternal sunshine of the spotless mind la la land mine was psycho spider-man 2 and the nice guys god what a fucking collection of movies right there right that's a triple feature i'd love to do absolutely oh yeah but uh but thank you guys so much for watching we really appreciate we're glad that we're back doing videos again uh, but this is going to be the po- the setup of the podcast from now on, changing the d- dynamic a bit. Thank you, Mr. Warner, for yeah, the suggestion. Uh, actually, if you'd like, I can actually bring up next week's topic while I'm thinking about it so we don't forget. Let's go. Yeah, so earlier we were talking about how Psycho kind of spawned slasher movies. Let's just talk about slasher movies next week. Let's do it. I took a whole class on it. I have notes. Oh, slasher cinema, yeah. I have uh, my favorite class I ever took. But yeah, yeah no, I have notes. But I, I genuinely love like horror movies and slasher movies <laughs> and like the 80s, like the 70s, 80s, like the height. So of we can talk about cinema. how every Friday the 13th movie is bad. Some of them. No, no, all of them. They all suck. Yeah. And we'll argue about that we next will. week. <laughs> we will. But uh, yeah, so next week we'll just talk about slasher mm-hmm. cinema. And... Oh, and another movie review will be coming this Friday. But I don't know what I'm going to watch yet. Yeah. But another movie review will come this Friday. Yeah, we have a few movies, kind of, or a few movies, a uh, few videos lined up this week. So uh, as the days go on, I guess just check out the channel, see what we're doing, because uh, I know I have a few videos lined up. Dalton said he has a few videos lined up, mm-hmm. so it'll be fun to kind of get back into the swing of things now that we're kind of like, I don't want to say organized, but like more organized than what we were before. Yes, but we're not organized. <laughs> we're trying. We're all. trying. A for effort. Though, but here's right? the thing. We were at the point where we were finally going to get organized. And then we moved. Yeah. <laughs> it just fucked everything up. Yeah, so now it we have to great. kind of get back into the swing of things. But I'd, yep. I'd say we're better off than where we were before. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, we're uh, finally getting back into the groove. But yeah. yeah, so it'd be nice to, like, pump out videos again. But, oh, yeah. yeah, today was fun. Can't wait for next week to talk about slasher cinema. Yep, and uh, where can they find us online, Ryan? Yeah, so uh, online. On Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we I will say we are most active on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. so that's going to be the best place to find out what we're doing. Movie nights. Yep, movie Facebook. nights. Uh, it's always fucking reverse, but I think it's uh, nights underscore movie for, for Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. And Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so movie nights for Facebook, and like I said, Twitter and Instagram, it's nights underscore movie. So without further ado, Erdeerchi. I hate that you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what Brad Pitt says in Glorious Bastards. I know, Bastards. I know. Fuck it. That's, that's my favorite Brad Pitt <laughs> for performance. Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. I'm going to kick his ass really quick.